want anybody to miss. <laughs> now look at me like, what's he going to do now? Yeah, yeah, I know. And we're going to put this right there. You know, one of the hardest things I have to do, and I love God's word, I like, I like teaching God's word, but it's to stand still. I can't do it. So this would be very hard for me to stay up here behind this thing here. So I won't do that. But someone else will. <laughs> and then I got oh, some light, heavy work here. Anybody know what this is? Rusty chain. I'm going to bring up our scripture. What is our scripture for victory? Anybody know this? If you don't know this, get this in your heart. John, 1 John 5, verse 4 says, Forever is born of God overcomes. I love that. Overcomes what? The world. And this is the victory. That is, it has overcome the world, our faith. Who's, who's got their faith today? Who's walking according to faith today? That's important, isn't it? Since faith, faith pleases God, the Father. So how important is it to us to walk in faith? So it overcomes, doesn't it? Does your faith overcome the things of the world? Can anything in this world take you down? The Bible says, it may destroy me, but there's a new morning. It may try to take me down. It may try to destroy me. It may... But there's a new day. So we take each day and celebrate. There's a new day. Right? Who's going to overcome today? Who's overcoming in Jesus' name? I'm going to take a subject today, and I'm going to take the gospel, which is very important to overcoming, isn't it? And so what does it mean, the gospel? Often we say that should be a part of our life, right? The gospel should be my life, period. It should be a part of what I do. I live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. What does that look like? Now, I get a chance to come up on stage. I get a chance to teach. Someone would say, well, that, that's teaching the gospel. Well, I should be teaching the gospel on that stage, right? Because the gospel is most important. What does the gospel mean? Somebody tell me, what does gospel mean? Is it not the good news? Now, I don't know about you. They're, all through the word of God is truth. And sometimes when you bring truth out, it doesn't always feel good. And so someone's always bringing truth out to make someone not feel good. Is that the gospel? Because truth ought to be shared in what? In love. So when truth comes to you in love, there's something behind the truth. There's a love of Jesus in it. And that is important. Don't be one of those people on the corner that just declare you're going to hell. Is it true? If they don't know Jesus, it's, there's some truth in that, but is there love in that? Is there love in it? You really some concern of me going to hell? What does that look like? So here's what I want to do. I want to know, I want, I, want to, I want a freedom to rejoice. I want to learn how to rejoice in my life because the gospel is what I'm chained to. This is what I want. How about you? What, what do you want in your life? Do, do, you want, do you want the gospel to be leading you and guiding you? Do you want it to be those those people you come in contact with, do you want that to change people? Or do you want that to just change you? See, a lot of times, if you read God's Word, there's a challenge in His Word, especially when we read James or any, any part of what apostles' epistles. You may, you may find it to be difficult sometimes. It may be like, mm, i got to do this. and Sure, 
The gospel changes. It renews the mind. But it also is a compelling thing for us to share with others around us. There's something that goes on in my life that the gospel becomes the most important thing. And I want to do it. How about you? This is what I want to get to. I want an understanding. Last week we know we talked about selfish ambition. We talked about do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty pride. That's challenging to me. And I know it's challenging to all here because we have to deal with this. That is when Paul says you must die to the flesh daily. There's something that goes and it starts to flip. We have to look at things for the goodness of the gospel of Christ. Not that it looks good in my life. Not that I'm comfortable. Not that I'm doing the things I've always wanted to do. I've got a bucket. Who's got a bucket list in here? Come on. I've got some things. Okay, I'm the only person that has a bucket list. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for agreeing. Appreciate Teresa. Thank you for agreeing. We have bucket lists. We have a want list. We have a list that, is, that seems to be important. We, have, we set priorities with that. You have a top one thinking, uh, I want to do this. Right? You all have these things. And yet what I don't want to happen in my life is that this bucket list starts to take over my desire and what I do for every day. I, I want a gospel to do that. And so I want to find out what Paul means. I want to know Paul better. I want to know how he can write these letters. Okay? And know how to walk. How about you? It may be a challenge. It will be a challenge for me also. But that's what I go for. I, I want to do as Jesus did. The gospel shared. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to go into the good news. And I want to look at Paul. I want to look at a moment. He's, he's jailed. And he's writing a letter to the Philippians. First, we're going to go in Corinthians first. But then we're going to go into Philippians. Look at this with me. It says in 1 Corinthians 9 and 23. I do all things for the sake of what? <laughs> what does this mean? What, what does this mean? All things for the sake of the gospel? Is that something for Paul only? Oh, Paul's in jail. He can't do much more. <laughs> so everything he does is for the gospel. Or does it really mean for you and me there is something we can do on a daily basis that's about gospel first? And we still carry out the day, do what we need to do, but there's a gospel that always drives us, always compels us. Is that possible? Or what Paul says is just for him. What do you think? Is there something for you and me? So that I may become a fellow partaker of it. Now, what is it? To me, there's something about the gospel that means that if he is going to be persecuted, beaten, in jail, chained... And then say this very thing, that I do all things for the sake of the gospel. And for some reason, he says, now because I do this, I'm a partaker of it. That means there's something that you do in the face of persecution, affliction, that if you do it according to all for the gospel, you are going to partake of it. Which means, has anybody ever seen one saved? Has anybody ever seen salvation in someone's life? Have you ever seen someone who's a mean as a hornet and the salvation of Jesus can flip it like this and they just start walking in this way like, who is this guy? This is impossible, right? But it's not impossible, is it? All right, not impossible. I'm going to take you today. You know where you're going to go. <laughs> Robbie, what's it say in your shirt? Courage, courage, courage. There it is, courage, come on. 
Come on up here. I want you to take a seat. Any one of them, whatever you choose. Oh, he's choosing the right seat because he wants to be on the right hand of God. Not on the left, right, with the goats. Okay, so now I'm going to do the best I can not to hurt you. But, but I'm just going to leave it, that one right there. You all know this is a towing chain. And I want you to put your two hands right there, all right? And, well, wait a second. Let me put the first one like this. And then I want your two hands right across there by the wrist, okay? Or hands, whatever you want to choose because it won't feel always comfortable when I get done. And then I'm going to do this. That's not too bad, right? Okay, what if I did it one more time? Would that be all right? Because I really don't want you. I want you to feel something. I want you to feel the weight of the chain. Now, I know he can get out of that. That's not too bad, but it's going to symbolize what I need to do to here today. Where was Paul when he wrote this? Do you think there was chains involved? Were they afraid of this man? They wanted him to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And so they figured if they put him in jail, chain him up, no one else in there, what can happen? If he's quiet, threatened. Was Paul threatened? So what happened? Let's go on to know Paul. I could do all things for the sake of the gospel so that I may become a fellow partaker of it. You think that stopped the day he walked in jail? Or maybe he was released in the most important time of his life. See, we don't, we, all we know is that when persecution comes, it limits God. And what really happens if God allowed it, it's not to limit it, it's to what? Further it. So is it okay to say that Paul was put in jail so that the gospel, gospel can be furthered? Would that be, would that be okay to say that? That because he's enchained, that means the rest of those who hear the gospel can actually look at this and think, there is something in this of value that this man would allow that to happen. And then stay in the jail and continue to boast about Jesus and his weakness. There's something in it. And so what happens to the gospel is it expands, becomes greater. How do I know that? Maybe the word actually says it. Here's what Paul says. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the what? Furtherance. The growth of. The moving forward in. This is what excites me. For the what? For the what? He's not benefiting in jail. It's not that his flesh is getting any more than this. That's it. Sorry. Don't you think that there's some intimidation here? Don't you think that he should stop doing what he does because of where he is? But no, he says what? Mm-hmm. Because of this, the gospel is growing, is furthering. How about you? Would you do it? Would you take his place, knowing the gospel would be furthered? See, this is a question you've got to ask yourself. Because if you cannot say that, you are not chained to it. You're not chained to the gospel. You're chained to the world. And you, in fact, are in chains today, and you're in prison today because of the way you think. You have no faith. You're not walking by faith. 
You're still chained to prison. But Paul, this is, this is so wonderful. Because he's in chain, he can say, no, huh? I can indeed rejoice. Because I know what I do in the gospel, all things for the gospel. Something is going to happen. Can you do that today? That's a challenge of this word. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in who? How do people know that you're a Christian? You may walk out of here today in power to say, I'm going to change the world. How do people know it? Tell me. How do they know it in your life that you are indeed chained to Jesus? See, there should be a huge difference between those who are saved and those who are lost. There should be a line between the two. Should there not? Shouldn't there be like an evidence of those who are born again, filled with the Spirit, walking by faith? And those who are over here thinking, mm, not for me. We can say that, right? We can tell those who do not have Jesus. It's evident in their life. But let me ask you a question. They are without fruit. The Bible says they would be cut down and they would be thrown in the fire. Perfect. Now there's going to be a place that says, okay, you will know them by their fruit. Can a bad tree bear good fruit? No. Can a good tree bear bad fruit? No. There is a on and off. Either you're in it or you're not. And what is more evident in your life is if the gospel is in control of it. That's how you know. How do you know he is chained to what? Is he chained to the gospel of Christ or is he chained to the world? You tell me. Paul's in jail. Where is he chained to? Who's trying to calm him down? Who's trying to take away his testimony? Who's trying to say, mm-mm, not, uh-uh? And Paul says, go ahead. Do what you have to do. I fear not any person. I fear one and only Jesus, the one who has control of my body and my soul. So do whatever you want. For my know, my God delivers. You see, this is the way Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego take hold, right? My Lord can deliver. My Lord will deliver. But if he chooses not to or you see do whatever you want see are you chained to the gospel or are you chained to the world it's a difference between clearly this right here it's an area of fruit so today I believe every one of you want Jesus let me see the hands who want Jesus okay they're all going up all over the place it's not put pressure on you it's what we want. That's why we come to church. I want some more Jesus. Well, how about if this was the case? You want some more Jesus. So is it okay for the father to prune those he loves? Is it okay for him to discipline? And how does he do that? He prunes the fruit so that you bear more. So what should be evident in your life is the fruit. How does it come? The gospel. What is it for? The gospel. Right? So those over here lost, yeah, we can see that. But those in this, we can rejoice. That's how Paul gets here. Let's go on. Chains 
of Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident in my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Jeez, this, you've got to get this. Listen to me today. You've got to get this. Chains. I want you to think about chains. Are you chained to the gospel or are you chained to the world? Ask yourself the question. You've got to know this. You've got to know this. Because if you don't know, have you been changed by the gospel of Christ? Because if you have, the gospel means everything to you. Do not lose sight of that. And this is what we got to get to. I know everybody here, including myself, I've come to situations where I was afraid. How about you? Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't want to offend. I've said it before. I don't want to offend you today. I don't, maybe this isn't. The, you can talk yourself out of it because of fear. Come on. Am I the only person? You talk yourself out of it. And if I'm chained, who am I chained to? If I'm afraid, tell me today, who am I chained to if I'm afraid? So could fear ever make your decision? Should it ever make your decision? You represent who you know to be true. You represent that which has changed your life. You represent that that will change other lives. See, this is what I This is a different. How's that okay? You're getting some. Okay, there we go. When you get saved, you're not without a chain. I want you to remember that. When you get saved, your life is not without a chain. Now you have to hook it to something. As you get delivered of Jesus, delivered to Jesus, you say, from the world, you have a chain. What are you going to hope it to? What are you going to hook it to? Where are you going to place that chain around? Are you going to place it around that of the world, thinking that you're broken free, or you're going to chain it to the gospel that will indeed set you free. That's just what Paul says. I'm chained. I'm chained to the gospel. Because of that, I will declare it unto death. Because if I'm not declaring it, He says, what, the gospel in all things? If I'm not declaring it, who am I chained to then? Ask yourself a question today. What are you chained to? I want you to go out of this place renewed. You've got to ask yourself the question. How is your fruit today? How are you doing those things to do? Are you loving those around you enough to give them the gospel? No, I just don't want to offend. You know, they're not, they had a bad day. And I'm not saying you're going to go to them and bow, breathe. No, okay, come here. I just want to tell you something. Boom. You know, we, we've seen, <laughs> I might have been like that, <laughs> right? Has anybody ever been like that at times where you get mad at somebody? Do you know God's word says this? You got to stop this right now. Because the Bible tells so. Before you know it, there's no love in you. What is the first fruit of the Holy Spirit? Tell me what that is. Of the nine, what's the first one? What's the last one? Self-control. Am I in control of the gospel? Is a change of the gospel around me if I handle the word of God that way? You tell me that. So enough of that nonsense of those who want to browbeat. 
But love is the fruit that Father wants to see. And he'll keep pruning you until he gets more love. And I know there's patience and kindness and meekness and gentleness in there too. It starts with love. It ends with self-control. I ought to be a most, most controlled man because if I love Jesus, then what I do ought to represent that same love. So without fear, without fear, can fear ever stop you? Tell me today. Can fear stop you? The only way it can is the way you think. Because either you're chained to the world, fear will remain, or you're chained to the gospel, and fear must leave. Because perfect love casts out all fear. All fear. Not leaving anything, right? Goes on. Philippians 1, 15 and 17. Your hand's okay there, brother? Okay. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preached Christ from a selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. I want you to listen. Now, this may be a little hard to understand, but get this. But the latter, out of love, knowing that I am appointed, I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. Okay? Now, what does this mean? There's, there's lots of commentaries. Some people believe that the former, being those out of strife and envy, those ones were the Judaizers. Those are the ones who try to put a lot of limitations. Those ones were coming against the true gospel. I'm not here to debate that. Others believe that that was not. It was because Paul handles those kind of false teachings very bluntly about false teaching. So I, don't, I, I, I tend to go not to those who are preaching against that, but those were brothers that took the gospel and didn't truly understand the connection between the gospel and suffering. Those are the ones that, that might have misrepresented what the gospel really was, what Paul was doing when he was chained, saying this is really what the gospel is about. You can't separate being saved in persecution. That means if, you, if you're going to walk in your salvation, persecution must come because suffering is a part of his will for you. And those who wouldn't understand that may be trying to give the gospel what they are feeling where it's good, but it wasn't connected to suffering. That's a possibility. And I lean towards that way because a lot of America does that. A lot of America teaches that the gospel is good, Jesus is good, but they don't teach the sufferings of it. And so what happens is the church is looking for, well, God will do everything that I want. And if he really loves me, he's going to give me what I want. And that is exactly what I feel he's speaking about. The gospel is being preached, but it's not preached with suffering and persecution. So those are misled. I believe that because it's happened to me. And it's happened to you. See, this is what I want. I want to be chained to the gospel. Then I'm not lied to. And I won't become a liar to others. That I want to preach the gospel the way it really means. That means you're suffering. That the people in China suffer because they are the church, and just like we are. There's no difference between America and China. Jesus' body is the same. So why would they suffer and us not? 
So the church should embrace suffering, saying that we ourselves, just Paul would say, because I'm in this condition, you will know. You will walk according to it. Don't preach another kind of gospel. Preach that this kind of gospel is a cost to you in your life. And if you do, you preach the real deal. And when you do, people will be saved. See, we're afraid to preach the real gospel, and people aren't really being saved. They think so with an encounter. See, the Holy Spirit's so good and gentle that they mistake the encounter with the Holy Spirit as, oh, I need to change my life. And then when they get they have this salvation experience because it live out thy salvation, right? It means to be saved and live it out. Now they get that and go, whoa, God is good. And if we're not careful, we'll start to teach them that if God is good, he'll bless you. And when he blesses you, you okay there? <laughs> when he blesses you, then he should give to you. And if he gives to you, it looks like this. It looks like a car. It looks like the job. It looks like all these things, you see? And then all of a sudden, they're looking for these things and said, well, I'm not getting those. My salvation isn't really what you said it was going to be. You see, we need to be a representation of the real gospel, which is life-changing, ever life-changing, and you'll never be the same. It transforms the mind, renews everything, right? Transforms the body and action, renews the mind, and we become his beautiful gospel to every person. But here's what it says. You must... Be in chains to it, no matter what. You can't escape the gospel if it's really in you. It's a part of what you do. I love this. You start to see what he's really saying in this. Don't get be confused. Uh, but the latter out of love, knowing that I've appointed, I am appointed for the what of the gospel, the defense of the gospel which I represented. He wasn't getting out there and browbeating, going, oh, I'm defending the gospel. Listen to me. I'm defending it. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. He didn't do that. He was where? In jail, shackled. He was humbled by it. You see? Are you humbled by the gospel today? The good news of Jesus? Are you humbled by it? Are you willing to suffer for it? See, really, humility is this. I don't bow to the world. I don't bow to it. Because that means I'm chained to it. Who do I bow to? Paul says it's the gospel that I bow to. And if I bow to that, I may face persecution. As a matter of fact, I will. So can a school take out prayer? Tell me. Yes or no? Can Walmart tell you you can't pray in Walmart? Yes or no? Who are you tied to? Who are you chained to? See, what should happen with the church of Jesus should be exploding. It should be about everything that we do. That means if there's a need, we take care of the need. If there's a mishap, we find out, Lord, what is it you want us to do? Because we're the army of the living God. If God is for us, who can be against us? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You see, nothing, I'm not chained to the world. As a matter of fact, the gospel isn't chained to anything. The gospel is free. And so I am only chained 
to one thing. Paul says it very clear, clearly. I am chained to the gospel. So what happens? I defend, not myself. I don't defend any of you. I defend what? One clear thing. I defend because I'm chained to it. Are you chained today to the gospel? That's the question. Did you get saved? Hey, if you had a great salvation, I'm so thankful that you said yes to Jesus. Now you bow to your master. And he is such a good father. He's a better father than I've ever seen, you've ever encountered. He's a loving father. He doesn't leave you there. This hard message comes with a very truth that will indeed make you feel wonderful. <laughs> but as not already, Philippians 1 says this. What then? We have people that are declaring Jesus and they have selfish ambition and they, they look at the strive and content and, and all these things. And, and then we have other ones that love and they're doing just like you, Paul. They love this and they're getting inspired by it. But you have this other group that just isn't all the way there. So you can start to point your fingers at every one of them and say, mm, that's not the way we do it. Or you can say, wait a second. Are they preaching the gospel? What am I tied to? And so we should be evaluating everything through that. And so what then? Good question, right? What then with this? And it goes on. Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. The gospel is preached. And in this I, what does he do? Yes and will. There's a will. I will it in my life. I will rejoice. We have to be careful. If, if, if there's if something going on, it's the gospel. Paul often says that if it's not the gospel I preach, it's not. He comes against false teaching, doesn't he? He points them out. He's not afraid of that. Stop that. Don't let those people do that to you. But this one says, no, I rejoice. So you're going to see brothers and sisters preaching the gospel that won't fully be in that suffering that really do understand what it is. There's going to be some that are looking for the benefits of that. For me, self-ambition. I want, I love, I love Jesus and I like what he's doing, but I'm not going to represent the suffering of it. I'm going to represent the blessings of it, see? And, Jesus, and he, Paul says very clearly, be careful. Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice. If Jesus is preached, people are being saved, let it Go. Rejoice. Rejoice. One of the things that probably stirs me, one, there's many things that stir me. I just got to be careful, right? Many things can, can stir me. Um, is this. When a church doesn't operate in the humility of the gospel of Jesus, and it's all about blessings. I get a little, I get a little anxious. You know why? Because what about those who have nothing? What about the Paul that's in jail that says, I'm bound to the gospel? What do you say about them? That God's forgotten them? So let's, let's today, let's rejoice. I want you to rejoice today. I want you to rejoice in the church. I want you to rejoice in those that are indeed afflicted far beyond what we ever understand. 
I want you to rejoice the fact that they will know the gospel in, in, in a way that we only can believe. You know, that we can say there is such a thing as this kind of faith. Let's embrace the whole body of Jesus, the ones who are actually in jail, the ones who have been jailed for life, the ones who have died in jail, the ones who have been martyred for the gospel of Christ, and allow it. See, if you rejoice in this, here's what's going to happen. It's going to renew it in you, the gospel, and say, no, the kingdom of God is furthered. If I hear one more time if the church of Jesus is declining, I'm going to say, get the H out of here. You know why? It's a lie. Because here's what we do. You know, you know what that really means? Okay, I'm probably going to have to let you go. You're gonna, oh, go ahead. You can set him free on that side. Go ahead. Set him free. Here's what can happen. If we connect blessings to salvation, we're going to get in trouble. Here's what I want to see happen. I want us to embrace the sufferings of Jesus. That means whenever you're faced with it, stand by what you're chained to. Stand by the gospel of Jesus and say, I don't care. Whatever. It, I don't care if suffering comes. This is what the gospel said. You can't get the gospel of Jesus out to those without suffering. It's clearly declared that gospel is good news when, when indeed you see someone giving up their life for it. Everybody remember the time that took those men on the beachside, and they took those men dressed in orange. I believe there's 21 of them, and they, they put them out. You remember this one? happened a couple years ago, and those men were declaring that Jesus was the Christ, and they were taken up, and you saw that, didn't you? It did, and they took them all, all of them lined up, every one of them executed. And what goes on in your heart? Do you rejoice? Or you start getting angry at the world? Or do you start to get fearful of the world? What we ought to do is this. If a man's willing to lay down his life for that he believes in, what do we call that? We call that the truth of the gospel. That's what it is. So I want to rejoice today. Because the truth of the gospel is what sets us free. Truth is what we live our life by. Choose the one we're chained to, the one I'm going to act in. And if whether or not I suffer, so it be done. Because it's worth everything, isn't it? Father, thank you for your word today. I thank you that you used a man named Paul, who was Saul at one time in his life, who would purposely go to those areas where people were declaring the gospel and have them executed. That same man, Saul, became Paul by a blinding light. He was saved, set free, and then his eyes were covered until one man was sent. And when that man was sent, the eyes were opened, and Paul can now indeed see. I pray, God, that we would see the truth of the gospel. It does not separate itself from the suffering that must come. And God, I'm thankful for everyone around this world who, is, who has humbled themselves who has done everything they can to finish the race, to win the prize. The prize is that they would represent the gospel for what it really is. I thank you, Lord, today that I will be and I choose to be chained to that gospel that saved Paul, that saved him, and then made his life such a representation of what really it means to walk by faith.
And Father, I thank today for all of these that come because everything is possible to those who believe. And I believe today in Jesus' name that we can walk out of here no matter what we face, representing something so valuable that Jesus went to the cross for, that we can represent that to others around us. And if we choose to do that, Lord, what can happen? Thank you, Lord, for that amazing opportunity. We thank you for your goodness. You're a good God, and we love you. In Jesus' name.